0: A forgotten tale. The Wuhan flu is a lie. It is all Trump's fault. This is Gene and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, Hey, happy Monday or Tuesday whenever you decide to listen to this. I love the haikus because they actually kill only about seven seconds and give pretty much what I've got to say. So, the first story we're going to get into, because there's quite a few stories to catch up on, is one that I don't understand why it's not a story. The dominoes have been lined up. The first one has been flicked by the finger of truth. I know, it's a kind of a deep metaphor, but it's pretty accurate. Rod Rosenstein was called by the Senate to discuss the FISA warrants that he uh, recommended, or he signed off on. It also talked about the scope memos that he signed off on and the appointment of Robert Mueller for the Trump Russian investigation. And it didn't go well. Uh, this is, these are some of the things he's being investigated. What jurisdiction, what justification did anyone have to get a vice award on Carter page, which started the entire ball rolling on the Mueller deal. It went to Carter page, then it went over to Flynn, then it went to, it was just an absolute mess. And, why were certain rather important pieces of information left out of the FISA application, such as the Trump dossier and how it was never verified, and the fact that uh, Carter Page is actually an agent for the CIA, and finally, who paid for the dossier, which ended up being paid for the DNC and at the very end was never verified. It ended up being a Um, ended up being a uh, disinformation campaign by the Russians. That's outstanding. Next, why wasn't Trump, who wasn't being investigated initially, not informed by any of the news? Who lied? There was a lot of talk about this. Did uh, Rosenstein lie? Did Comey lie? Did uh, uh, McCabe lie? There was a lot of search about who was actually lying about this. Who leaked the information to the press? We actually know that, and we know who lied about in front of Congress about leaking to the press. Hint: it was McCabe. Why he hasn't been convicted or accused of anything, we don't know. Finally, why did Rosenstein approve the FISA application and expand the scope on such flimsy evidence? This is a very complicated case. Don Bangino has written two books about it and everything he wrote thought to be a conspiracy theory uh when he when they first came out turned out to be true i'm thinking of listening i have these books on audiobook i'm thinking of listening to these books again simply because now i can look back and i understand a lot of what's going on including the names of the characters if you don't know anything about this uh Bongino's books are going to be kind of difficult to read because there are a lot of Russians' names, especially in that first book. Senator Ted Cruz from Texas came up with the slam dunk of the hearing. This is from Grabian. Listen to this.
1: Warned statement in the FISA court. That is in the inspector general's report. Yes, sir. Are you aware of other instances, of Department of Justice employees fraudulently creating evidence to submit to court? Every instance that I'm aware of, Senator, would be appropriately investigated and and hopefully uh, appropriate action would be taken. Mr. Rosenstein, on May 17th, you appointed Bob Mueller the special counsel. On June 29th, you signed the third FISA application. On August 2nd, you signed the second scope application. You came into a profoundly politicized world, and yet all of this was allowed to go forward under your leadership. That unfortunately leads to only two possible conclusions. Either that you were complicit in the wrongdoing, which I don't believe was the case, or that your performance of your duties was grossly negligent. Was there, any that mo-
2: standard, Senator.
1: <laughs> was there any more important case the Department of Justice had than an investigation into whether the president of the United States is a Russian asset colluding against the United States? Well, that's the way you're characterizing the investigation, Senator. There was certainly lots of important investigations, but I viewed this as one of the most important. Okay. You just told Senator Lee you read the FISA application. At the time you read the FISA application, did you know that the primary source?
0: Yeah, Rosenstein's caught between a rock and a hard place there. He has nowhere to go. He either lies or he admits to lying or he admits, which means he's in trouble with the FISA court, or he says he's incompetent. And He decided to throw that, well, that's what you're characterizing. No, it is really one of two things. You're either incompetent or you did it on purpose. And that's really what ended up happening. Everyone talks about the corruption of Richard Nixon. And he was corrupt. But for the most part, he was corrupt. He committed and encouraged the crimes. And he was bound to get caught. Because not a lot of people were in his court. This is Far worse than anything Nixon did, because this shows corruption in the system. This involves corruption of the Central Intelligence Agency. This involves corruption within the Federal Bureau of Investigations. This is corruption within the Department of Justice. This is corruption within the past presidential administration, the Obama administration. This is serious, and it's really bad, and it's looking worse. And it also shows the corruption of the mainstream media. This is the biggest story of our generation. Not that a black guy was killed by a cop, murdered by a cop, let's call that. Not COVID-19. This shows corruption. This is what will take down a government. The Nixon scandal is nothing compared to this. But the media, who's been falling for this Russian narrative for the last three years, refuses to investigate how they got duped for the past three years. Do you think they would have want to get to the bottom of this so that they don't look so stupid? You know, CNN pushing this 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 Russian narrative for three years never gave. They still don't give it up, and they look so stupid. The media doesn't want to get in on it. Because they are in on it. Because they are part of this corruption. Luckily, with a 20% trust rate from the population and lack of ratings, the mainstream media has been called out and shown for what they are. People don't trust them and have stopped listening to what they're saying. Heck, if it wasn't for Fox News, no one would know what Don Lemon or Chris Cuomo are saying on CNN. And that's the honest God truth. They have the worst Chris Cuomo... And Chris Cuomo and Don Lemon combined have less ratings than the 10th Fox News host. That's pretty sad. But the cards are down. The Senate is preparing subpoenas for Andrew McCabe and Jim Comey. It's only going to be a a matter of time before they get um, subpoenas for Brennan, who is, I think, the head of the CIA, and other people. Someone is going to get caught in a lie here. I've got, it will be, to be honest with you, I think it's going to be McCabe. And I think it's going to be McCabe because he seems the least political of all of them. Comey, as much as he acts like something, Comey is a political animal. And I think he's going to be easily able to cover himself. So, as we've been talking, uh, you know the protests are out there. And now, on Sunday, there's a brand new thing that the left wants. As usual, the left wants to destroy society in order to, quote, fix, end quote, the problems with the police. And, well, they came up with an absolute doozy. If the police are the problem, let's get rid of the police. Because, let's face it, if we all act as a collective and we create this utopia, there won't be any crime. And all we have to do is keep everybody happy. What a crock of garbage. Ilhan Omar. Who is a complete idiot, made a statement in Minneapolis over the weekend. This comes from Grabian. Listen. I will never stop saying not only do we need to disinvest for in police, but we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. <laughs>
3: Is rotten to the root.
0: And so when we dismantle it, we get rid of that cancer and we allow for something beautiful to rise. And that reimagining allows us to figure out what public safety looks like for us. I mean, seriously, is this the smartest Minnesota has? Her? Ra'en, she can't speak for anything. She's dumb as sin. And what she said makes absolutely no sense. Again, she's saying, this is what we should do. But she doesn't actually give a solution. Okay, you get rid of the cops. Someone's getting mugged. What do you, who do you call? She doesn't mention anything like that. So, yeah, it's a great idea. Get rid of the police and take everyone's gun away so they can't protect themselves. In a nutshell, Omar wants to take... He wants money taken away from the police and given to social programs. I take it back. No, she doesn't. That's what other idiots want. She wants the cops gone. All the money taken from the cops given to social programs that are meant to lower crime somehow. Of course, how the social program is going to stop someone from breaking into your house hasn't been answered. But who cares? That's That's not her problem. She has armed security. She lives in Washington in the uh, upper class earning $170,000 a year. What does she care? She just gets a guard, or she gets a gun. She doesn't think it's criminal to be a criminal either. She is for no cash bail and prison reform, which means let every cris- uh, criminal out, especially especially those that are uh, that are minorities. This is sc- this scary call to get rid of cops is seconded by the worst mayors in the country, Gil Garcetti of Los Angeles and Bill de Blasio of New York. They want to defund the police. Two cities that have some of the worst crimes outside of Chicago. I haven't heard anything from Lightfoot yet, but I'm sure we will. Two of the worst crime-ridden cities in the country want to defund cops. Yeah, that's a great idea. Here's the thing. Ilhan Omar is not a leader of anything. She's a congressperson. That's it. She has nothing to do with making decisions that will affect anybody. She has no say in what the mayor does. I doubt she even has any influence on it. If the mayor of Minneapolis decides to fund the police and all hell breaks loose, which is sure to happen, looking at what happened when the police just backed away, I mean, they burned a freaking police station. He will get blamed for it, not her. Need proof of that? The mayor of Minneapolis, uh, named um, Jacob Fry, was confronted with with this question. He actually showed up in the middle of a protest and tried to appease these crazy-ass Black Lives Matter people. And understand something with Black Lives Matter. They're not about Black Lives mattering. I mean, we all believe that. I don't think anyone thinks wants to see a dead black person anymore they want to see a dead white person or a dead Asian person, or a dead Hispanic person. These people are crazy. If you read their website, they're, in, they're just into everything. They're into collectivism. They call people comrades. They're into the transgender thing. They're into all of this stuff, and they don't want to hear any debate about it. They're nuts. So he decides he's going to do something and try to calm everyone down. Now, this is ballsy. I'll give him that. But if you ever saw uh, Jacob uh, Fry, he does. He looks like the typical metrosexual female. He's a he's a left winger. He is extremely uh, theatrical, really kind of weird looking, just kind of wimpy looking. He was asked point blank by a Black Lives Matter uh, spokesman if he would defund police in front of everybody there for the protest and it did not work out well for him you have to take
1: responsibility here
0: i've been coming to grips
1: with my own brokenness in this situation my own failures my own shortcomings and i know there needs to be deep-seated structural reform in terms of how the department operates the systemic the racist system needs to be revamped. Okay. That the police union needs to be put in its place. We need to make sure that everything from the union contract to the way that the arbitration functions to
2: the way that our officers and the culture and the, the department province. Jacob Fry, we have a yes or no question for you. Hey! <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Jacob Fry, we have a yes or no question for you. Yes or no, will you commit to defunding Minneapolis Police Department? Yes. What did I say? We don't want no more police. Is that clear? We don't want people with guns toting around in our community shooting us down. You have an answer. It is a yes or a no. It is a yes or a no. Department. All right, be quiet, y'all. Be quiet, because it's it's important that we actually hear this. It's important that we hear this, because if y'all don't know, he's up for re-election next year. If y'all don't know, he's up for re-election next year. And if he says no, guess what the fuck we going to do next year? What'd you what say? I do not support a co-abolitional All right! Get the fuck out of here! Go! 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 Out get get out go Jacob! Oh, go, 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 yeah. go home! Go home, Jacob! 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 Go home! Go home, Jacob!
0: Now, I'll give Fry some credit. First off, he did have the guts to go out there. I'll give him that. And his, his, some of his solutions were actually quite reasonable. For example, he doesn't believe in defunding the police, but he believes in the police taking more responsibility for their actions. He believes the police unions are a major problem, and they are. And he doesn't believe in defunding or breaking up the police. That's, I think, he's got a point there. And he has to have that point. Because the reality, if he breaks up the police, what do you think is gonna happen in the town of Minneapolis the next day? It's gonna go eight crap like it did for the last week, two weeks. Now, where he failed is one, he started trying to appease. He knew about his failures, he knew how he wasn't helping the system, he knows there's systemic racism, he knows you know, he the appeasement. Was not going to work. And this is one thing one has to learn when dealing with the left. You're not going to appease them. So unless you believe in what you're saying, don't even bother saying it. All these white people you see that are bending the knee and saying all that crap in front of Black Lives Matter representatives are full of crap. They don't believe in anything they're saying. They're just elitist white people that have decided to come out for a protest. Well, that was his problem. He was not going to get any sympathy from these people, and he didn't. Um, The only thing I would suggest to the mayor next time he confronts a crowd is not to wear a mask and skinny jeans with rolled up cuffs and a skin tight T-shirt. He looked like a little boy and did not command any respect, and he shouldn't grovel. And if he thinks there, hey, here's a newsflash. I think there are problems with the police. Dave and I are probably going to have a discussion about it on Wednesday or tomorrow. We're going to talk about what reforms the police need. And I believe there are some reforms. I don't believe in the reforms the Democrats are throwing out. Like, I don't believe you should be able to sue the cops at any. You're never going to get a cop again. I think that's no good. But the thing is, I with with. Uh, with Fry I thought his looks mattered and he just looked weak and his ideas some of them weren't necessarily bad ideas but these people do not look at that they want the police absolutely disbanded and they don't care about what would happen after that on Monday the Minneapolis City Council that's today when I'm recording tomorrow when you probably listen to it the Minneapolis City Council voted 9 to 5 that the police should be defunded. Again, a member of the City Council does not have a leadership position. If Fry follows what the City Council does and doesn't push back on him, he will lose the next election. As a matter of fact, I don't think he'll lose the next election if he stands up to people. I think Black Lives Matter, I think all those people All those people there, they are the minority. Most people do not believe in what they believe in. If he decides to follow the city council, he will take the blame. The city council will not. Things are going to be very, very, very interesting because the city council with the nine to five vote does have veto override power. So if um, the mayor, if Fry actually goes in and vetoes, the city council can override it. It's going to be very interesting to see what ends up happening. The fight in Minneapolis is not over. This, it's going to be a really bumpy ride in Minneapolis for Mayor Fry. Going to be very, very interesting. But now I want to talk about the real crimes that are happening. I'm going to throw something out at you. Black Lives Matter cares about black lives about as much as Antifa cares about fighting fascism. Both groups only care about changing our civilization. Nothing more. If you have any, I mean, Antifa doesn't even have a solid platform. They're kind of all over. Some of them are fascists. Some of them are communists. Some of them are anarchists. They're kind of all over the map. They're just violent. They just know they don't like the United States. They don't like capitalism. This country can be shown through other tragedies throughout our country. Tragedies that are not part of the mainstream media, that go against their narrative, and that no one is talking about. An example, Dave Dorn, a 77-year-old former police captain from Minneapolis, was shot multiple times and killed by looters, While he was checking out a pawn shop for a friend to make sure it wasn't being looted. At this moment, one person is in custody. uh, The video is on YouTube. It is horribly disturbing because you're watching Dorn die in front of the camera. And there's nothing, I believe it was a nephew who was there. There was nothing that can be done. And it was all over just material possessions. We've heard several times from politicians that these riots are only destroying things and things don't matter as much as life. But when people take life so that they can steal things, that means something. And by the way, when you start destroying things, you're destroying somebody else's things. And somebody else needs to deal with that. You're destroying that life. By the way, Dave Dorn is black. No one seems to care. I don't hear any news media ruckus about him. And he was killed by other black men. Last weekend in Chicago, 85 people were shot, 24 were killed. Of the 85, 74 were black and were shot by other blacks, not by white cops. No one seems to care. It was the worst killing spree in the country. Where's Black Lives Matter? Where's Antifa? Where's, why can't, uh, well, Lightfoot has, the mayor Lightfoot, the the mayor of Chicago has always blamed President Trump. But where are they? More black lives were lost in Chicago over one weekend than were lost in a week. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. A virus doesn't care about race. Well, I thought for months, public experts have urged Americans to take every precaution to stop the spread of uh, COVID-19. Stay at home. Steer clear of friends and extended family. Don't go to church. Don't go to the hospital. Don't go to the park. Don't ride motorboats, whatever that means. Now, some experts are broadcasting a new message. It's time to get out of the house and join the mass protests against racism. Let me read. I've got some things here to read to you. Here's one from Jennifer Nuzzo, uh, N-U-Z-Z-O, I, I, I think. This is from, these next quotes are from Political Magazine. She is an epidemiologist from John Hopkins University. Quote, we should always evaluate the risk and benefits of efforts to control the virus. In this moment, the public health risks of not protesting to demand the end to systemic racism greatly exceeds the harm of the virus. Really? Is that true? That's not what you were. That's not what she said when protesters were out there because they didn't want to be stuck inside anymore. They wanted to go to work and ending racism become became more important than feeding your family, being able to pay your bills. Really? That's interesting. Okay, here's another one. This is from Abrar Karen, a Brigham and Women's Hospital Physician. Quote, the injustice that's evident to everyone right now needs to be addressed. While I have noticed concerns that protests risk creating more outbreaks, the status quo wasn't going to stop COVID-19 either. Really? Well, with that thought, the status quo is we all go to work, we all go to church, we all earn a living, the economy continues. That's the status quo, too. So protests and rioting are the status quo? So... Going out there, tearing apart the country, is bad. I mean, that's not going to. That's more important than hiding away for COVID-19. In a letter penned by 150 physicians addressing the COVID risk with protesting, Politico said, "Quote: Those protests against stay-at-home orders." not only oppose public health interventions, but are also rooted in white nationalism and run contrary to for black lies. <coughs> I love that. Protests against systemic racism, which fosters the disproportionate burden of COVID-19 on black communities and also perpetuates police violence, must be supported. So in other words, one set of protests is racist and the others which will push COVID-19, but the other set of protests fights racism, so COVID-19 is not going to be an issue? Hmm. Okay, let's continue. Staying at home, social distancing, and public masking are effective at minimizing the spread of COVID-19. However, as public health advocates, we do not condemn condemn these gatherings as risky for COVID-19 transmission. Really? They did protest covid-19 transmission when people were going out screaming that they needed their jobs back these were not white supremacists and the just calling somebody who wants to go and get his job back wants to open up the economy doesn't make you a white supremacist are you serious so the big questions so which is it is the wuhan flu dangerous or not is it dangerous when people protest being stuck at home unable to work and feed their families, and not dangerous while protesting black, protesting with Black Lives Matter and rioting? You can't have it both ways. The virus is either dangerous or it's not. Unless one of these doctors has found that Black Lives Matters and rioting has suddenly cured COVID-19 and its transmission, the virus is going to be dangerous, no matter what. Or, or, the virus is not dangerous. We've been lied to to keep ourselves uh, stuck in in our homes to destroy this economy. And yes, a little conspiracy theorist here. So that we can destroy the chances of a Trump re-election in November. Oh, and by the way, a Trump re-election in November, even though the poll numbers aren't great, it's not looking great for, for Black Lives Matter. Biden's still looking really bad. I think it's a little bit of both, to be honest with you. I think the virus is not as dangerous as they made it out to be. And I think that they do worry about Trump winning the election, and they are trying to hurt Trump. And I think they, a little bit of a third, they really don't know what the hell's going on with this virus. So they're kind of guessing. Oh, by the way, the three quotes I used are from left-wing organizations and doctors. All Obama supporters. And the media keeps spreading this crap and failing or ignoring to see the hypocrisy within all of this. You know why? Because they don't care. It's only about the movement. It's only about the narrative. And of course, there's the awesome news. According to NBC Wall Street Journal poll released Sunday, just 15% of voters think matters in the United States are under control and perceptions of the economy are at their worst since the, president, since the end of President Barack Obama's first term, when the country was still recovering from a recession. The sense of chaos and economic pessimism did not have much of an effect uh, on the job approval rating of President Donald Trump. Uh, he's at 45%. Uh, I, the lowest one I saw was 38%. Um, so he's around between 38 and 47%, and did, which is about average of what happened when he took office. So he has dropped a little bit. But that doesn't mean that the media isn't blaming Trump. And it doesn't mean that Trump poll numbers are shining either. As of now, some polls have Biden up by 14 points. Mind you, this is based on some, uh, most of these are based on national polls. And we got to remember, it is only June. Uh, Polling is fluid. Politics is fluid. So today, it could be one of the worst weeks for Trump. Next week, he could have an absolutely great week. Uh, That's because the political climate changes at the flap of a butterfly's wings. But it's still not good news for Trump. And he's gotten some more bad news. And I, I don't think this is bad news. I don't think this is surprising. But what I do find amazing is the media is making such a big deal out of it. As a matter of fact, the media is making a big deal out of something that, quite honestly, isn't something. Mitt Romney has decided to participate in the Black Lives Matter protest. Wow. This is a bit of a surprise, considering Biden accused him of... accused him accused, said that he would, that Romney would actually put black blacks back in chains when he was running against Barack Obama in the 2012 election. So I find it amazing that, uh, that Romney is supporting Black Lives Matter and has said that he's going to support Joe Biden in the 2020 election. But let's get something straight about Romney. He is a rhino. If you don't know what a Rhino is, it's a Republican in name only. He he's always voted. He votes a lot for Trump. He votes probably ninety percent for Trump, but he's been against Trump the entire time. He was the one. He was the only Republican to actually vote to impeach Donald Trump. So he's kind of a weird guy, kind of a coward. I think he. This is a political play more than it's a a real play. I know he doesn't like Trump. I'm not exactly sure why. Besides Trump is, Romney is one of these guys. He's like Comey. He plays the, I'm always walking the straight line garbage. And he's not, he's a piece of garbage. But that's fine. Colin Powell said on CNN, we have a constitution and we have to follow that constitution. And the president has drifted away from it. I cannot support him. Again, he's going to support Joe Biden. He's talking about Trump threatening to use the Insurrection Act that act would allow the president to use United States troops to quell insurrection within the United States. Now, Trump never actually used it. He prepared the troops in case he decided to use it. And if he did, this is not something bizarre. Now, the media will point out, though, this is a 200-year-old. It, it actually came out in 1807. And... It was actually upheld by the Supreme Court, so this is well within the president's constitutional right, and it's not like the Insurrection Act was never used. John F. Kennedy used it three times. Lyndon B. Johnson used it four times during the 60s, and George H.W. Bush used it twice. This This is during the 1992 riots in Los Angeles. This is not something that has never been used before. And considering two of the people that used it were Democrats, I'm not quite sure what the problem is. Did Now, here's the thing that really annoys me. Did Donald Trump actually implement it? No. He only threatened to implement it. So what's Colin Powell's problem? He doesn't have a problem. He's a Democrat. Colin Powell, yes. He was nominated as Secretary of State by George W. Bush back in the 2000s. He was... Um, But he's actually quite liberal. And he supported Barack Obama in 2008, supported him again in 2012. So it's not exactly, I'm not exactly sure who he supported in 2016. I'm pretty sure it wasn't Trump. But he ain't exactly conservative. He's actually an extremely moderate Democrat. So this can't be a surprise. Also, something really being pushed by the media is George W. Bush decided to chime in. Now, this was kind of weird because George W. Bush really doesn't chime in too much. I mean, you heard from him, I think, maybe once during the Barack Obama administration. He's just one of those guys that says, I really don't want anything to do with it. He's not political. Remember that. That's going to come up. So this is a part of his letter that he released. It's only one paragraph. Quote, it remains a shocking failure that many African-Americans, especially young African-American men, are harassed and threatened in in their own country. It is a strength when protesters, protected by responsible law enforcement, march for a better future. This tragedy, in a long series of similar tragedies, raises a long overdue question. How do we end systemic racism in our society? The only way to see ourselves in a true light is to listen to the voices of so many who are hurting and grieving. Those who set out to silence those voices do not understand the meaning of America or how it becomes a better place. Now, again, this is the beat down that systemic racism is everywhere. And it's not. Now, George W. Bush has been apolitical for now 12 years. He really just doesn't care about this anymore. He doesn't bring it up. I don't think he sees what's going on. He lives, I mean, Christ, he lives on a ranch in Texas all by himself. I'm sure he doesn't see what's going on. And by the way, before he starts screaming systemic racism or or charging Trump, which he never did in the letter, he never said anything about Trump in the letter. He better remember these same types of folks that are screaming that Trump's a racist now, for whatever reason, Trump fully really didn't do anything here, um, were screaming that George H- George W. Bush was a racist too. So this is no different. Many in the media took this as Bush doesn't support Trump. According to a Bush official on Monday, which is today, that's just not so. But the fact that Bush says there is systemic racism is telling and it is bothers, bothersome. Here's another news newsflash. Bush is also rather liberal when it comes to things. He spent a lot of money. He was kind of weak on foreign policy. He was weak on foreign policy. I know he started two wars. Those wars ended up being a disaster. So what he thinks really doesn't bother me. And to be honest with you, if push comes to shove, Bush is going to support Trump. I truly, honestly believe this. Now, some final words today. Everyone needs to stop. Everyone needs to breathe. We're all very negative right now. All of us are very negative. Me, everybody. We've been stuck inside too long. We've been limited for too long. We haven't gone to restaurants. I went to the first restaurant in I don't know how long this weekend. But there is light at the end of the tunnel. If you're a conservative or a libertarian kind of like me or a moderate, like kind of like me, I'm not really that conservative, but I'm, I'm more conservative than libertarians for the most part, things are not as bad as they look. This radical crap is never going to get by the American people. It's not going to get by the American people. It looks bad. But these riots are going to end the conversation. Well, whatever conversation there is, the screaming is not going to end. But eventually this will pass. And yes, maybe we are. It is time we have a conversation about the police. And I have my I have my firm beliefs about the police, which we're, we are going to discuss. I think the police do have issues. Do I believe the police are systemically racist? No, I don't go that far. Do I believe there are racists in the police force? Most definitely. But I think that the big problem with police is not reacting to when they do something bad. It's teaching them how to react. And I think one of the things we need to do is stop threatening to pull their money. I think we need to add money. And I think it needs to become a lot more difficult to become a police officer than it is right now. I think it's way too easy. Six months in training does not make you a police officer. I mean, for Christ's sake, a Navy SEAL has to go through six months of training, then another year of training. And that doesn't include basic and MOS training. And the stuff that a SEAL has to go through is absolutely brutal. And considering our cops have to deal with this crap every day, just like a SEAL does, I think they should have to go through the same types of training. But we'll get into that. I've already blown half my load for the next podcast. But anyway, I think the COVID-19 is going away. Uh, Right now, we should be able to leave our homes. Restaurants are opening. They're about to start baseball, basketball, and and football. It's all coming up. Football is going to be another thing. I'm probably not going to watch one game this year. So things are not that bad. So you can follow me. You can uh, follow me on Twitter at Run and Fool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, and YouTube. You can review the uh, show notes and all of the links and all of the videos at politics. And let's try and end this with a real happy song. So everyone, just don't worry. Be happy. <laughs>